We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. where I try to figure out, me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how and why I'm still single, even though I will eat soup out of your butt, and I hate soup. (laughs) My guest today, you know him from Grace and Frankie, Corporate, Mystery Science Theater 3000, it's, oh, and the New Negroes, which is coming to Comedy Central, and they have a live show at UCB, it's Baron Vaughn! The irony is that all of that, I wrote it down and said, can you read this as my intro? And you nailed it. And you were really insistent and uh, you kind of frightened me. Yeah. And I felt like you were bullying me, Baron. But all I'm trying to do is teach you about Louis Armstrong. <laughs> so it's like, and then all this scatting, uh-huh, uh-huh. do all that. I got all the scatting right, all the bebop, ba boop doos how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving just happened. It did just happen. Uh, mine was pretty good. I went down to a little state called New Mexico. The, wow. The state of my birth. Oh. And my little son, who is one. Yes, yes, yes. Met my father. Oh, that's nice. Who I met two years ago. Yes, yes, yes. So now he's got a grandson. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a wild ride for your dad. That, that yes. To be like, I get a son. And now I get a grandson. Exactly. It's kind of like we instantly are family. I mean, we've always been blood related. Mm -hmm. But knowing each other, totally different. I feel like that's the name of a show, Instant Family. Or maybe it's a movie. Oh, my goodness, you're right. It's some (laughs) Mark Wahlberg movie poster. I mean, don't go see it. Mark Wahlberg is a piece of shit. (laughs) He tried to murder a man. Yes, he did. He's bad. He's a bad news bear. We shouldn't let these (laughs) bad news bears make money. (laughs) Uh, did, um, did, is your mom, is she still living? Yes, my mom is in um, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. Did, did you, not get to see her, this, get to see her this Thanksgiving, no. Just a little a little drop by by daddy? Yeah, in New Mexico, and then Rhiannon, who is my, my partner, my lady. Yes. My lady, as I like D'Angelo that you would say. say partner. Yeah. As a, are you married? We're not married, we're engaged. Ah. We did it old-fashioned, children first. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, you got to learn if you're going to live well with a child. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, instead of getting a dog, you got a kid. It, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm not allergic to kids. There you go. I think I am. Mm. They're just too sticky. Yeah, they can be. They're so sticky. But it's up to you how sticky they get. Dipping them in stuff to get them unsticky. (laughs) The stick sauce, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So wait a minute. What about your Thanksgiving? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, I spent my Thanksgiving here in lovely sunny Los Angeles, California. I went to <laughs> correct <a> pronunciation. Fr- <laughs> thank you. I'm just trying to like. I'm trying. I'm trying things out. Um, 
I spent it with a bunch of comedians uh, oh, from at UCB. Yeah. We had a little Friendsgiving. Everybody made a dish. And then while we were eating, we were like, huh, nobody fucked up. This <laughs> is all pretty good. <laughs> I made mac and cheese, which yeah. could have been a little cheesier. My bad. Um, note for next time. Yeah, note for next time. Maybe add like a dash more milk and a little bit more cheese, and I think it would be on point. And then I made Paula Dean's ooey gooey butter cake. I don't care that she's a racist because that cake is good. <laughs> racist. Call me what you want and fill my belly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of racists that are amazing cooks. Uh-huh. It's Most of the best barbecue I have ever had, I'm, is probably I'm sure, was made by someone who made by hates racist. that I'm eating it. Which is wild because it's just like, but like, isn't food feeding a soul? Yes. Why do you have to hate to feed a soul? I mean, there you go. I mean, Paula Dean. Paula. <laughs> I love this little moment uh, that you have with Paula Dean. I love Paula Dean. I she's like just like this fat little marshmallow of a woman who's like, hmm. y'all, I'm gonna make you something gooey and fattening, and you gonna pass away after you eat it. And then she's like, <laughs> you're gonna pass away. <laughs> You're gonna pass away. We're not even pass out. You're gonna pass away. You're honey. gonna pass you away. Gonna straight up die. <laughs> Death by chocolate, literally. And I love that about her. Okay, all right. Uh, but she's so racist. Yeah, I mean, who's not these days? I mean, honestly, as time ticks on, it just seems that people are just getting bolder and bolder about mm-hmm. their racism. Yeah. I was in Charleston, South Carolina. I don't know if I told this story on the podcast yet, but um, we landed. Who's we? We the plane, we the people of the plane, <laughs> okay. we the people of Delta DL six forty two to Charleston. <laughs> wow, good memory on the, I on made the flight it numbers. Up. Oh yes, and that flight number. <laughs> Go ahead though, Nicole. Uh, we landed, and you know how everyone stands up because everyone's very important on a plane. Of course, no one can just like leave like a civilized person. So I was taking my luggage out of the overhead, and it grazed this um, this old man's ass. And he turned around and he said, are you trying to pickpocket me? And I was like, how is the racism beginning? We just landed. Oh, goodness. And nobody was like, sir, you can't do that. I was the only black person up there. And I was like, it was a nice reminder of no matter how much money I make, no matter where I sit on a plane, some old white man is going to be like, you black? You need to know you're black. <laughs> You've <laughs> never looked <laughs> down and seen the black, so I'll tell you you're black. Have you ever flown first class and then had like an old racist person this look at you? This was in first class. Oh, see? That, this was wh- in first class. How can you? Ah! I was like, sir, we're li- I'm literally sitting in front of you. Like, I, Yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm trying to pickpocket you. Yeah, like what is, from this first class what seat. is happening? I don't need to pickpocket you, sir. I, I do all right. <laughs> I don't know if you're doing. Can all you right. afford this ticket through nonstop pickpocketing? <laughs> Have you just been stealing plane to plane? Are you the Jack Dawson of Delta? Or maybe he didn't steal in Titanic, but I feel like he just like ended up on adventures. Well, he's a ruffian. Jack Dawson is yes. basically, you know, he's Aladdin. He is Aladdin. Oh my God! Riff they white street ro- rat. I don't buy that. James Cameron whitewashed Aladdin, <laughs> and he turned the carpet into a ship. A, a ship <laughs> that sunk everything. Yes. Oh, thank God, carpet and Aladdin. You know, acted a little bit better than Titanic. Uh... <laughs> carpet didn't do nothing wrong. Wait, wait, what? Carpet? Carpet's his name in, oh. in Aladdin. <laughs> he doesn't have a name. His name is I Carpet. Thought you were, I thought you were nicknaming Leonardo DiCaprio. I thought you were saying no, like, no, truly. Carpet. Like, talking about carpet, carpet. Okay. carpet from Aladdin. Not Leonardo DiCaprio, no. <laughs> but the carpet. Got you. Nope, just carpet from Aladdin. No, carpet's pretty good. It's wild that they didn't name carpet. Abu <laughs> has a name. <laughs> Raja the tiger has a name, but carpet is just carpet. I mean, carpet can be carpet because there's probably not many living sentient carpets. Well, you don't know. You didn't get with. to see the rest of Agrabah. Yep. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I have a deep knowledge. Of you are. I'm like really pulling out on that words. Agrabah tip. <laughs> You're the personal Agrabah wiki right here. I guess so. Baron. Yes. So you are not single. You have a partner. Yes. I like that you don't say girlfriend or fiance. I think partner's a nice, I think it's a grown up way of saying what it is. You're in a partnership. We're in a partnership. Yeah, exactly. We are, we are, we are in a partnership of a business or a company Uh that we call our relationship. Yes. That has ups and downs depending on the market. Yes. Of unresolved childhood (laughs) issues. (laughs) 
Unresolved childhood um, issues are just like the stock market. No one really understands them, but everyone's always talking about them. Honestly, do you do that joke on stage? I don't. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I think that's a real nice right. nugget of an idea. I'll, I'll write that down then. Yeah, let that ruminate in your mind. Yes. Is that a word? Ruminate? Yes. Rumin ruminate? Ruminate. I think you're thinking about reverberate. Reverberate. Like echo. You're smart. <laughs> I know a lot of words. You do. Because you went to a good school? I went to theater school at that. Where did you go to theater school? Boston University. And then, oh, I thought, where were you just performing? Hartford, Connecticut. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. We talked about it right before I left. Yes. I went to go do some Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, and then Shakespeare for me is very hard. I think that, I mean, I have a lot of strong opinions about Shakespeare, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, very, very strange for a, a straight black man to be like, I'm Shakespeare opinions, not on the curriculum. Here we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that we're taught about it wrong. I mm -hmm. think that we are taught Shakespeare badly, usually because we're taught Shakespeare in English class. Yes. So then it becomes all about the words and uh -huh. the scan and like, but it, you, but all the storytelling, all the emotionality gets mm -hmm. lost. Because Shakespeare actually was not meant to be read. It was ah, only meant to be heard. I fully agree with you because any production I've seen, I've understood mm -hmm. without having to be like, wait, what, thy, they, who? But like I understood the actions and what was happening. But reading it, you would just, you would read a page and you'd go, What? You reread it and go, yeah. it still doesn't do it for me. Because it's a play, and, it, and a play depends on the actors to interpret it uh -huh. and to make it make sense. So when you don't have that, and it's all up to you mm -hmm. sitting in your room with like looking at the clock like it's 10 o'clock. I'm supposed to have this read by the morning. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me see. Thou the the what the crap? What? How did it become 2 a.m.? <laughs> and then it's just a stress ball over your head. Have you ever seen She's the Man? Um, she's the man. Yes, I have. It is Twelfth Night. It is Twelfth Night, yeah. And it's a perfect movie. Is that Rachel Lee Cook? No, you better believe it's Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes. And Channing Tatum. Right, right, right. Before he became Channing Tatum. Right. It's literally the perfect movie. Yeah. I've never tee-hee-heed or ha-ha-ha as much as I did watching that movie. And then there was that one Ten Things I Hate About Ten You. Ten Things I Hate About which You is supposed to be of Taming of the Shrew. Um, oh, O is Obviously Othello. Othello. I was so happy they did O. I was like, thank you. Let's get Mackay <laughs> Pfeiffer some work. Let's have some black people. Where is Mackay Pfeiffer? Exactly. Where'd he go? I don't know. He's Where hanging do out with- Where do black actors go? <laughs> Where do black actors go? Where do When they're they done go? with a movie called O. Where? Um, Where? He's probably just hanging out with his mom, Michelle. His mom, Michelle? Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Oh, my word. What a treat. <laughs> what a far reach. Yes. I loved it. Those are my favorite kinds. Um, Here's a question. Yes. Did you ever do online dating? No. Wow. I didn't. I missed online dating. Um, I mean, I met people through MySpace or Friendster Ew. that I ended up dating. What are you, a hundred years old? I am 100 years old. You cannot tell because black don't, black don't crack. crack. Thank you. Thank you, Michael McDonald and, and Anita <laughs> Baker on that one. And on that, the assist right there. Um, yeah, no, I did not do it. Plus, I just, I don't know. I always, I don't look down on internet dating in okay. any sort of way. Okay. Um, you I, can. It's awful. Well, I think that it's like anything else. It works for some people and mm -hmm. it doesn't work for other people. So anytime there's something that's a sensation that everyone's like, it's the way. Mm -hmm. I am automatically suspicious. Oh, okay. But like anything, like meeting people in a bar is also a fraught territory. Yeah, but I will say meeting someone in a bar, you know right off the bat whether you want to speak to them more than 30 seconds or not. Hmm. On an app, you can get fooled with words because <laughs> people aren't meant to be read. They're, They're meant, meant to, to be, be heard. heard. Oh. <laughs> no, no, Matt, Matt, you're right, you're right. I was just calling it back straight back. No, but no, yeah, your, it was, your version it was a is good callback. But I was... I was like, on to something. No, I know a lot of people who are married that met people online. People you know? keep telling me it happens. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And I keep hearing these studies about like, you know, I hear in the culture, if you will, that people be lying mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. But I also hear 
um, that a lot of people are very honest in their online profiles because they're there to actually meet someone. Yeah. Depending on, of course, the site. Some sites are about hooking up, it seems. Mm-hmm. Some sites are about hooking up with more than three people at a time. Oh, I've only heard of three some sites. Oh, no, no. There's oh. orgy sites? Probably. I think I'd get confused in an orgy. Yeah, orgy.org. <laughs> orgy.org at orgy.org. <laughs> it's very confusing. So confusing. Very But hard if you to can get the on. website, then you can handle then all those parts simultaneously. That's the test. I think during an orgy, I have ADD. I think I would just be like sucking a dick and then being like, well, I better munch on that puss. <laughs> or maybe I'll honk on them titties. Uh, it, someone's booty needs something. <laughs> did you ever play sports, Nicole? <laughs> yes, but barely. Do you think too much on the on the court or the field? Um, So I played soccer mm-hmm. only for one game, and I realized <laughs> how much running there was, so I sat <laughs> right down on the then you definitely field line and you, said, this is more than I signed up for. You definitely would think too much through an orgy then, definitely. And then basketball, I could master defense. I was really mm. good at boxing out mm-hmm. and, or like boxing girls out and like not letting them get the ball because I have a very big butt. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that, and then like offense, I was like, I don't know what, what I'm doing with these hands. <laughs> so basketball was very hard for okay. me. And also more running than I signed up for. Sports, nobody tells you. Uh-huh. Sports is mostly running. Yeah, so you're more you live more in your head, if you will. I think I do. Than you do in your body. I think I am a heady person. Then that definitely orgies might not be for you. I guess not, because I take I'm taking pole dancing classes right now. Oh, thank you, 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 thank you. I didn't know that song was about stripping until maybe two years ago. And I sang it all the time as a little girl. And I was confused as to why she was taking credit cards. I I was like, maybe she's collecting. I don't know. Half of pop music is about stripping. People don't realize this. Yeah, it's like stripping and sex and love. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I guess it is important. Infatuation. Yes. No, not not necessarily the same as love. You are correct. Which is an important thing. It's hard to distinguish, I think. Well, I think also, and this is my personal weird conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. I think that we have turned as a culture the idea of love into a drug and that we okay. treat it as a drug because most of the people who we have heard or read define love for us are love addicts. Oh, I think we've allowed a lot shit. of addicts define the sensation of love uh-huh. and conflate that with infatuation. Interesting. And lust and other what? ephemeral temporary emotions. Ooh, good. Ephemeral. Yes. That's a good ass word. You're welcome. What does it mean? It means fleeting. It means ah. momentary. Quick. What do you think the differences are between love, lust, and infatuation? Well, infatuation, I think, is the uh that's the that's the what's it called? The dopamine. Mm-hmm. That's like the the endorphins. That's the that's the the new fresh feeling mm-hmm. of like, oh my goodness, I like somebody or I have these feelings, you're attracted to someone or, and it's just this kind of chemical reaction, mm-hmm. which is different than, and that's that's a that's a feeling that's based on novelty a lot of the time, mm-hmm. newness, freshness, and that's different than the feeling of sustained emotionality. Okay. That's why I think a lot of people get into relationships with someone that they feel all those chemical feelings for. And then after a while, when those chemical feelings uh-huh. wear off, it's like, oh, I don't actually like you. Uh-huh. You leave your socks on the ground. <laughs> you, you know, just all these habits, all these things that are, I call it column B. Mm-hmm. Column A is love. Do I like this person? Yes. And a lot of times we will substitute column A for column B. Column B is the practical shit. Uh-huh. Do they have a job? Do they live yes. with their mom? Do yes. they have a car? Uh-huh. Are they a responsible person? Are they mean? Are they, you know, all mm-hmm. these things. So a lot of the times we will substitute column A because we think that's all we need. But sometimes that practical stuff, column B, is also very important. And so love, if you will, is the attempt to bridge the gap between column A in column B. I'm making it up as I go along. I mean, it's all really making sense to me. And <laughs> I was about Lord. to be like, do you go to therapy? Of course I go How to therapy. How do we? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, it all, that makes a lot of sense. And I never thought of, because I used, or I mean, I've said it up until now. I'm like, I fall in love very quick. Yes. But I think it's, I get infatuated very quickly at the idea that I might fall in love with somebody. Yes. That's a pos- that's definitely a possibility. 
And that, and then to have being with somebody like I was in a, a long distance relationship mm-hmm. for a couple of years. This person lived in a different country. Oh, dang. And when we saw each other, we saw each other for 10 days. Uh-huh. And it would be months in between we saw each other again. If we ever, we found out, if we went past 10 days, oh, those cracks started to show. Oh, no. The, um, you know what? You're kind of annoying. Like, just kind <laughs> of, you do some things that I don't care for, mm-hmm. which we figured out, like, you know, around the time that we broke up. Like, you know, we wouldn't have worked if we lived in the same city and we saw each other every day. Where did you meet? In, in New York. Through Naomi Ekperigan, actually. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. I've been trying to get her on the cast. Is that what people call it? On the pod? On the pod, yeah. I like I like getting her on the cast better. I want to get her on the cast. She's so funny. Yes, I love I her. I hate Naomi. following her at shows. She's so... <laughs> I hate following both of y'all. There's... <laughs> Thank you. There are some people I really, truly hate following. Oh, yes. They tuck our audiences out. Oh, yes, yes, And yes. they might be listening and laughing at you, but it's not loud. And they mm-hmm. might be happy with what you're doing, but they're just like, well, that person before took everything I have. Yeah, basically. Oh. I understand that. That's also another thing that stand-up comedians have. Mm-hmm. We have that competitive thing. Yes. Since we didn't play sports. Maybe, yeah. We didn't compete in our bodies, so we compete with in other people brains. in our heads. And it's like, not a competition. You're fucking fine. And I think that that kind of mentality, if you will, that kind of training mm-hmm, mm-hmm. spills over. Into relationships. Into relationships. You want to win them all. We want, we like Pokemon. We got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. Got to catch all them dicks. I just read a Reddit, uh, a Reddit post, a thread, if you will, about how I talk about dicks too much. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. It was a Reddit thread de- de- dedicated to you dedicated talking about dicks? to me. So the person who wrote it ended up deleting their original comment, hmm. but then there's like a whole like conversation about <laughs> how I am creepy and I talk too much about dicks, and if I was a dude, it wouldn't be allowed. And I was hmm. just like, maybe I should talk about dicks less. <laughs> But then I was like, no, the whole reason I do it is because I used to work a comedy show before I started doing comedy, and it was always a bunch of dudes in the lineup talking about women and what they looked like in the most disparaging way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll do that. I'll just <laughs> shit on some dicks. Why not? Why can't a woman do it? And I never, ever saw a woman do that. Hmm. And then I watched like the Queens of Comedy, and I loved the way they talked about men. So... If you're listening, man, who wrote that Reddit post and then deleted it because you're a little coward, (laughs) go fuck yourself. (laughs) Like a whole conversation about it. And then they were like, do you know John Gabrez? Yes. They were like, she asked to see Gabrez's dick and I wonder if he's traumatized. And I was like, what? He's hmm. one of my dear friends, and I absolutely knew he wouldn't show it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I asked because I knew the answer was no. Yeah, and it was specifically during this, uh, his High and Mighty podcast. And so I was like, let me see on deck. And then I went to the audience and was like, let me see on deck. And then Nick Weiger was like, I think the problem with you asking to see a dick is men don't want to be asked. They just want to show you. Ah. And I was like, why wasn't that little quote put in that little Reddit thread? That's because very that's funny. the real fucking problem. Not me asking to see one consensually. Mm-hmm. The ones that are being solicited unconsensually. Well, I, I mean, just needed to talk about that because it made me annoyed. I mean, that's a really interesting point, you know, because that is a that is a thing that men we like to or we're taught to impose ourselves, if you will, mm-hmm. take over a space. So when someone's like, would you like to enter? It's like, uh, I, I only want to go in there if I'm forcing it. <laughs> How dare you men allow it? Men don't understand vampire rules. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Men should become vampires. You need to be invited before you enter. Isn't that, isn't it, vampires are uh, stories about consent, aren't they? You have to ask to enter. Yes. And then they bite you. Dracula's like, I want to suck your blood. He Yes, he and says, then she's like, oh, I want okay, to. I guess. And then you go, well, like, I don't. But then he just does it sometimes. I told you. I told you. That I, I said if I come in there, to suck your I'm blood. going to suck your blood. I don't even know what this accent is. Baron. Yeah. We have to take a break. Oh. 
Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking. Intense, intense heat, lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey and cocoa zing i put it on my lips and honestly it did sizzle them it sizzled them right to the moon they were plump and juicy and everyone was like nicole can i and i'm like get in line can you take the heat find your shade at maybelline.com or a retailer near you Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
And we're back! Do, do, do. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. What a fun break! I feel insane. I just got off a plane. <laughs> That's my favorite kind of insane. You're loopy. You're, air, yes, you're airplane just like loopy. Airplane loopy. Um, I slept for most of the flight, except I woke up when they were serving food. Oh. And I was like, oh. I want food. And she's like, what do you want, honey? I got a, a broccoli cheesy thing with egg. And I was like, that sounds gross. And she's like, oh, I got some oatmeal. And I was like, that sounds dry. What do you, what, what good things do you have? She's like, a bagel. So then I had a bagel, which was nice. How was it? It was a pretty good bagel. They okay. toasted it this time. Hey. Sometimes they don't toast it. And I'm like, Delta, the fuck? <laughs> Why would you give someone a dry-ass, non-toasted bagel? That is true. Why even offer it? Right? You're like, offer me a fucking rock. Toast it so it's crunchy and nice Did and you warm. smell the, the, the smell of toast throughout the entire plane? Um, or do they contain it? A little it? bit. Mm. So, okay. What happens is if you sit in Economy Plus, mm -hmm. you get the wafts of the food smells from first class. Oh. And you go, I'm almost there. I could be up there. But when you're all the way in the back, you're just like, it smells like children and shit. That is a, a fantastic metaphor for wealth discrepancy uh -huh. in the United States yep. of America. I'm all Upper class, that's the upper there. class, middle class, and lower class, right? Yeah, man. It's wild in these streets. It's crazy that there's a class system in the sky. Oh, yeah. And there is we already a shouldn't be up there. In, like in the ground, but like <laughs> it's not verbalized. Like nobody's like, where are the first class people crossing the street? Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. Star One, you can cross the yeah. street. Star Alliance, Global Star One. Star Alliance, Global, you can now cross. And now crossing Group Five. And now the crossing has ended and Group Five has to stay here for another round. But That's my uh, impersonation of that person. <laughs> but, but I wanted okay um what were we talking about we were talking about yeah. girl I don't know was it about what, um, what is love baby don't hurt me baby don't hurt me what is love no more so you dated someone who lived in a different country and how many mm -hmm. years was that it's like five years wow yeah that is a long time. Right. We weren't monogamous though. Oh, okay. That's helpful. That is very helpful. Um, how did did you did that ever create jealousy? No. Why? <laughs> well, jealousy is a very complex emotion. Okay. Um, jealousy, I've I've read a lot about jealousy. Okay. So jealousy and envy get confused for each other. They're very oh, different. Oh, man. You're bringing me lots of words that I think are interchangeable. So exactly. what is the difference between jealousy and envy? I'm glad you asked, Nicole. Oh, humble baron. Thank you. So envy is wanting something that someone has, and you know what that thing is. Mm -hmm. George got a boat. Oh, man, I want a boat. Nicole went to Greece. Oh, I want to go to Greece. Oh, That's envy. Mm -hmm. People go like, you went to Greece? I'm so jealous. That's not what jealousy is. That's usually envy. Uh-huh. Jealousy is... The feeling that something you believe is yours is going to be taken from you. Oh. That is jealousy. The fear of losing something you believe is yours. Okay. Now, I say something and you mm -hmm. believe is yours because this is a feeling that happens a lot in relationships. Mm -hmm. Because people don't want their partner to be poached, if you mm -hmm. will. So that jealousy stuff kicks in. And the thing, the difference between jealousy and envy is that with envy, you know what the thing is. It's a boat. It's a trip to Greece. Mm -hmm. With jealousy, you don't actually have to have any idea of who it is you are jealous of. Oh. You could be dating someone uh -huh. who has a coworker, for instance, that you've literally never seen. Mm -hmm. But you might go, you know, they talk about that worker too much. They talk about that person a lot. Do they like that person? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're going over to, uh, you know, like just kind of that's what jealousy does is it sort of is a, almost like a miniature insane feeling, a miniature insanity mm -hmm. that your certainty, your fear, if you will, it's a fear-based emotion, your fear consumes you as to believing that something is going to be taken from you or someone uh -huh. is going to be taken from you. And so you don't want that to happen. But it's with very little regard to how the other person feels about it. Ah. Jealousy makes your partner an object. Uh-huh. That's my feeling. Uh I think that's I it sounds correct. You speak with <laughs> such authority that I am eating this up. I'm theorizing, but, but I, I've also I, read a lot about it. I do believe So I'm like 
psychologists and crap. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quoting them. I'm just not saying who. Fair. You don't want to give some credit? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess if you, you're scared someone's going to take your thing away, mm-hmm. that does mean that you're putting ownership and making your partner a thing. And here's the other step to it. So there's an article that I am basing some of this on. It's called Jealousy Loves Destroyer. Mm-hmm. This is a Psychology Today article from like 2011 or something. So this psychologist, I think a French woman, said that jealousy is in fact an identity crisis. Oh. Because you believe that you are you and this person being your person is part of what makes you you. Mm-hmm. So if that person is taken from you, then who are you? Oh, wow. I mean, that's it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> You weren't ready for this. No. You're like, I just got off a plane. Baron. I got off a plane. I I, I, was, I feel crazy. I've, all, I've only had a bagel. Uh, <laughs> no, that, I, I like that. Because that means in order for you to enter a relationship, you have to be a whole person. Yes. So you're not looking for someone to complete you. So when and if, inevitably, they leave you, because everybody will leave someone at some point, yes. you have to still remain a whole person. Now, when I was in high school, this is kind of when I started thinking about this crap. Mm-hmm. And my first girlfriend was like dumping me. Mm-hmm. And I was mad and upset and all these things. But I also watched television and movies. Mm-hmm. Why do people get killed on Law and Order? Jealousy. Yes. Why do people drive from Texas to Florida in an adult <laughs> diaper to kidnap somebody? Jealousy. Uh-huh. They say that jealousy is the number one cause of murder in the world. So when we're watching Law and Order, which mm-hmm. is middle of the line television, someone's gotten murdered. They have to convince us, the audience, of a reason that someone got murdered. Mm-hmm. And we always believe three things: money, mm-hmm. power, and jealousy. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things. I'm like, wow, people kill each other. How can you love someone Ugh. and then be like, I don't like what you did? Stab. Why would you murder someone it you love? Is and I guess jealousy is so powerful. It's a very, very powerful feeling. That it distorts your brain Mm -hmm. into thinking, well, this person was taken away from me. I don't want anyone else to have them, so I'll kill them. Basically. That's basically right. Which is an insane And that's identity crisis. Yes, absolutely. Right? I can't imagine killing someone. So I always like, well, I don't want to kill anyone. What is the point of jealousy outside of the fact that it it drives me crazy? The other person doesn't even know I -hmm. feel this feeling. It actually has no bearing over what they will or won't do. And it's actually none of my business what they will or won't Mm do. Because if they want to break up with me, it's over. There's nothing I can do or say Mm -hmm. to make them stay in a place they don't want to be. So why why strangle them, right? Mm -hmm. And this is where I got to like being like, well, then what is the point of monogamy as well? I mean, are you in a monogamous relationship now? I am, yes. What's the point of monogamy? I mean, I'm in one. That's Well, here's the thing yes. about monogamy. It's something that you agree to. Yes. Right? Just like anything. So to automatically assume that the other person shares the exact same values mm-hmm. as you without a discussion about it is kind of like you're setting yourself up. Because t- people have very different ideas of what they want mm-hmm. out of a relationship. But once you get into a relationship, you and the person you're in a relationship with have to agree on what the hell that relationship is going to look like and feel like. You can't when, just put a bunch of assumed universals on some shit and then and then think it's going to go your way. When did you have your talk about monogamy with your current partner? Um, a couple years ago. Were you non-monogamous before you became monogamous? Yes. Ah. Were you in the same state? Yes. Hmm. I've been in a, a handful of quote-unquote non-monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. like anything, some were great, some were horrible. Mm-hmm. It really depended on how much work I was doing on myself. Yes. And if I could be clear about what I wanted and when I wasn't, uh-huh. it would go to shizzle-dizzles. I've never been in a monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. but I've never been in a... Like non-monogamous where we were like, we're both okay with it. Mm -hmm. I've been in like where I've said, I would like to just be fucking you. And he was like, cool. And then that didn't happen. And I was like, (laughs) 
well, that's on me. I should leave this, but I didn't. Mm. Um, and then now I keep toying with the idea. I I don't. I actually don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. I just know that like sometimes like my thoughts will wander and I'm like, mm, he's probably like fucking somebody else and maybe he doesn't like me as much. And I think I'm not secure with like, I'm enough for someone and they also might want to just fuck somebody else, but also come back to me. Yes. That's I think exactly. I'm scared that somebody's going to fuck somebody and then go, Oh, that puss is better. I'm going to stay with that hmm. one. This one's dumpster puss. <laughs> I don't want it. Well, I mean, that's a matter of chemistry, right? Yeah. Someone said to me, there's no such thing as good pussy or bad pussy. There's just chemistry. Ah, yeah. So it's like any person, you know, so if someone has better chemistry with somebody else, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a better um, psychological or Mm -hmm. emotional connection with somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Mm. (laughs) What? All these things aren't mutually exclusive. Yes. Is what I'm saying. That's that's where, I mean, look, I think that um, I don't, think that non-monogamy if you will or polyamory is good or bad Mm -hmm. i think it depends on who's doing it yes same with monogamy yes it's just that everyone is doing monogamy yes and if you try to cram all those people into one door some people are gonna get hurt Uh uh-huh it's a stampede that is a stampede and that's how mufasa passed away hey spoilers there's a whole generation that does not know this movie i mean which is wild everyone should just watch the cartoon i can't believe they're doing a live action one i don't think it i don't i don't think i'm here for it also is it live action it's not when you have animated the the face of a lion it's still a cartoon right they they didn't use real lions no they didn't they should have i mean they probably did use real lions i don't i actually don't know enough about it but they definitely digitize faces. To me, it does not look like they're real lions. <laughs> I want to see like a National Geographic, just like them wandering around with voiceover <laughs> the action. That's what a live action Lion yeah. King should be. As long as it's the You're honey like, badger this guy. This is nonsense. But uh, <laughs> James Earl Jones is speaking, so cool. I, um, I toy with the fact that I'm like, but also I think what I'm doing is planning too far ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is a kind of a, a moment-to-moment thing. And it also depends on where you mm-hmm. are in your life. Yeah. So now I w- I actually want to be in a monogamous mm-hmm. relationship. That's why it's not a big deal for me. I'm not like, oh, I got a bag. You know, so it's like, and sometimes I feel like that. Mm-hmm. But I know that the person I'm with, this is what we have agreed to. Mm-hmm. And I have reaped endless benefits, if you will, from agreeing to that. Mm-hmm. So... I want to stay this way. Mm. I think in my little planning brain, yes. I'm like, okay, I'd like to be in a monogamous relationship, but I am away a lot. So if I do get into a relationship, when I'm gone, you can have sex with whoever you want. And then I think I'm like, oh, I think I'm trying to overcompensate for being gone so much. Well, but you know, Nicole, what you just said is actually a legitimate thing. Because if you were with someone and you say that to them, you know what they're going to say? What? Exactly. You don't know what they're going to say. Oh, wow. But you, you have that? to <laughs> You have to say what you want. Yes. And you have to say what you need, and then it's a freaking negotiation. Uh, it's just so scary telling somebody You're what damn you right. want. Damn right, it's scary. It's the scariest thing, Nicole. Relationships are so terrifying and movies don't tell you that. No, because they're, they're over like in two hours. Falling in love is so wonderful. And then you're sad when you break up. And then it's like, but what about all the parts where you're sitting in your house being like, should I text him? I don't want to. My therapist told me not to. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing about a lot of most, a lot of movies, especially rom-coms, mm-hmm. are about the beginnings of relationships. Yeah. They're not necessarily about how to sustain a relationship. No. It's kind of how to find the one relationship you believe you want to be in Mm -hmm. i actually used to live in a building where uh my roommate this was in queens back in new york um basically it was almost like a romantic comedy situation Mm -hmm. there was a girl downstairs who he thought was the most beautiful woman in the world and he was like obsessed with her Mm -hmm. and just like did you see her today oh she's so hot i'm like all right i don't i just calm everything down Mm -hmm. But then eventually, one day I came home and they were like kissing on the couch. I'm like, whoa, this is a rom-com uh-huh. that happened. And then it went south. Uh-huh. And then for the rest of the year, he was like, what? She's a bitch. I'm like, this, oh, is, this no. is the part. This is the sequel <laughs> to the rom-com. Never date someone that lives, lives in, in your, your building. building. Yeah. Because then it, 
it, it blew up. Uh-huh. He hated her. Mm-hmm. I got to hear him be obsessed and in love with her for a year. Ooh. Date her for three months. Ooh, baby. And then for another year, be like, I hate her. That sucks for your ears. And I'm like, well, this is why you don't do this. Great I in the movie. a dude who lived across the street from me, mm-hmm. which was very convenient for dick appointments. Hey. Very convenient. The DAs. Because, you know, you get a text. I say, I'd be ready in, in 30 minutes minutes and then i hop my happy ass across the street oh it was perfect and then i leave right after i come it was the (laughs) best situation once i got really really drunk at a bar then we were walking he was walking me home he was like do you want to come over and i was like sure and then he was like nicole you were too drunk to do anything you basically just rolled around in my bed screaming (laughs) i was like "Ah, wow i'm a keeper (laughs) so then he was like i said to you let's just go to bed and you said okay and then he said something to me and i woke up and i was like i have to go they're here and he was like who is here and i was like (laughs) i gotta go so i fled his house yeah okay with no shoes on (laughs) yes all right uh with i think a vest on and just my bra no shirt and my leggings Mm -hmm. and he could have tried harder to get me to come back inside Mm -hmm. because he said all he did was go lean out the window and go hey nicole your shoes And then I didn't have my bag or my keys because I left it all in his house because I was trying to escape somebody. Hmm. And I <laughs> went to my front door and was They're like, "Here, I don't have my purse. They took my purse. I don't, still don't know who they are. So then I was like, okay, let me figure out how to get in the back of my building. So there was like a waste level, like concrete, cement, fancy thing. So I barrel rolled over that. Get to my the back of my apartment building, and I was on the ground floor, so I climbed through like our fire escapey gate thing, and then I was like, I still don't have keys to get in, so then I started banging on the side, like sliding glass door with a shovel, and then my roommate at the time, Tom, woke up, and he was like, what are you doing? Oh, and at that point, my wig had fallen off. He was like, so you're like bald-headed and naked, banging on our back door. Wow, yeah. What is happening? And I was like, hey, man, we all make mistakes. And then he let me in, and then I woke up the next morning, and I was like, I'm really sorry. He was like, I mean, it's fine. Uh, and then the boy had to email me because I didn't have my phone or anything. Hmm. I was like, all of your things are here. Every single thing you've ever owned. <laughs> And then your high school like, diploma, I don't know why. Your high school diploma, your baby uh, your shoes, birth certificate, your your teeth that your mother saved, uh, <laughs> which is so weird that my mom saved my teeth. Anywho, um, so I was like crossing the street to go back to his house, and my friend was at her boyfriend's house who lived down the street, and she was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Do I not look okay?" She's like, "You look terrible." And I was like, "I need to go get." my stuff <laughs> she was like i'll walk you across the street and then he wasn't expecting her because he opened the door naked and i was like oh no this is bad oh wow uh, wow well I'm... thank you for telling me the story that is the answer to the question of the title of this podcast <laughs> i was wondering if i would hear it yeah and that might be why i'm single <laughs> I lost my mind early in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I drank so much. I think it's because I was just dealing with the death of me parents. Mm. And I think my way of dealing with it was to rebel against any good thing they taught me. Hmm. Like be a normal human being. Like my, I have a tattoo on my leg that says do the right thing because my dad would constantly say it to me because hmm. I was a little bit of a troublemaker and then when I got like, I think it was like 25, 26, I got a tattoo to my leg so I could look at it hmm. a lot. So just to like when I lost my mind, sometimes I would just look at it and be like, do the right thing. You're not doing the right thing. You hmm. need to clean up a little bit. But now I think I've cleaned up a bit. Okay. Um, so you 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 proclaim yourself wild in your 20s. Yes. And you're awful. saying you're dealing with the death of your parents. Yeah. Therefore, I I would assume that there's a little bit of, of needing to numb. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to feel things. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get into therapy until two years ago, like consistent therapy. I didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. Didn't have any insurance. That's the worst thing about therapy. Yeah, but you have to pay to get People who can't afford therapy need need therapy. 
Yeah. And then also coming from, you know, a black family. Yeah. Therapies pretty much looked down upon. Yes. Like anytime yes. I said I wanted to get in therapy, they'd be like, why? Yeah. I'd be like, you I don't pray. know. Yeah. That's what I pray. got. And it's like, well, praying, you're alone. And you're speaking out alone. And then if you have bad thoughts in your brain, you're alone with those bad thoughts. And yeah, like praying. I do pray sometimes. A lot of times it's because I want something. (laughs) Who's that? St. Michael or somebody? Uh, I don't know. The patron saint of lost shit? St. Anthony? I don't know. All right. Somebody who's Catholic, uh, email Nicole. Email me at bakingconceive at (laughs) gmail.com and let me know. Who the saint is of finding shit. <laughs> but yeah, getting into therapy was like super helpful of because uh, I just, I never thought I had daddy issues until mm-hmm. we talked about things and I was like, oh, I fully have daddy issues. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly trying to please men because I spent years trying to please my dad mm-hmm. and now he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, am I pleasing him now? Probably locked in a cycle. Yeah. If you're a Sisyphean loop. Oh, that's a good one too. Sisyphean? Yeah. Who's that? Who's she? Who's Sisyphean? Sisyphus, old Greek myth about somebody whose doomed afterlife was to push a rock up a hill. Oh, no. And every time they almost got to the top of the hill, it would roll back down. It would roll back down at the start all over. And that's eternity for this person. And he knows he has to do that, or is he choosing? Um, I forget the the details. Because I would say, you know what? I live on this rock at the bottom. (laughs) Oh, you could come to my dinner party on the rock. (laughs) We staying at the bottom of the hill. That's right. Just call me hard place. We started from the bottom, and we staying here. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, you know, like, you seem like you already have a lot of, like, ideas of things that you might be repeating or stuck on. Yeah. That get in your way. Yeah, and I'm trying very hard to like get all that out of the way, but it's hard. It's uh Yeah, and it takes as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. No pressure, right? Yeah. That's the thing I have to remind myself. Like, why aren't I fixed? Like, why aren't I good yet? And my therapist is always like, it's not about fixing you. It's about accepting who you are and making maybe a better choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you don't make that better choice, understanding why you made a choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mary is a wonderful person. People keep asking her to be on my podcast. And I'm like, I think it's unethical. I don't think she can Anonymous. be on yeah, a podcast. That kind of stuff. I probably even shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say her name. Well, you didn't say a last name. Sure didn't, and I won't, because she's mines. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be jealous if she was like, I have too many clients. I can't see you anymore. Because she just got Venmo, and I was like, huh. Huh, Mary. Wow. I don't have to write you checks no more. Took Mary. you forever to get a therapist. Then a therapist that takes Venmo. That's a double. It's great. That's a double day. Yeah. I love it. She's my friend on Venmo. Oh my goodness. Do you do you, do you are your payments public or private? Private. All You've my payments are private. You got to do them private payments. Well, what had happened was it was just my name and then I guess High school kids or college, like kids started requesting like dollars from me, and I was like, "I don't stop, oh, please don't do that." Right? Yeah, it's a little tough. Wow, that's a weird, that's a weird price of celebrity right it, there. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm not a celebrity. I'm mildly successful. No, 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 we're both mildly successful. Yes, but you also are you. You're out there, if you will. Yeah. Um. You you're on the internet. You got a great podcast. Thank you. Um. So it makes sense that you would have. People listening to podcasts, uh-huh. watching the Twitters, watching mm-hmm, the Instas, mm-hmm, watching the Snaps, mm-hmm. being like, well, I could just we don't ask that snap woman for money. anymore, Baron. Snapchat's over. Actually, I don't know. Okay, I don't watching snap. the Periscope. Do you snap? Do you snap? No. I signed up for it for a little bit and then I got rid it of it. It was too much. I was yeah. like, I'm done with these filters. Um, <laughs> I matched with this guy mm-hmm. who off the bat knew who I was Mm. and said it like three lines in. He was just like, is it weird that I know who you are? And I was like, no, it's not weird. The only weird thing is people have like expectations. He's like, so our date's not going to be like an episode of Nailed It? And I was like, I know you were trying to be funny, but... um, Whoa, I'm scared of what he was expecting. You're not the first person... To make you. To like say that? Yeah. Here's the sex. You're like, ooh, it's messed up. Oh, great. It's not like that picture. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what people expect me to say when they make nailed it. People love just screaming nailed it at me too. Mm -hmm. And then I always have to wonder, I'm like, would you have swiped yes on me 
if you didn't know who I was. Oh, Nicole. See, now this is the minor celebrity thing. Yeah. Because uh, I have similar issues, I Mm -hmm. guess, sometimes. I can't tell who is it that is just trying to be my friend for real Mm -hmm. or thinks that I am a doorway to something else. Or just uh, some access to something else. Yes. So that's a that's a hard thing to kind of be have to be, I guess, eternally suspicious to some people and yeah, be like, hmm. It feels it's. I feel like uh, it's making me a little crazy. <laughs> Probably. Uh, you already got trust issues. I do. I I feel like I feel like everybody in my life is gonna leave me at some point. Ooh, Nicole. And they will. Where's your inner child? I need to give this child a hug. Well, my child. My goodness. Was the was dealing with the death of her mother at sixteen? Yeah, that's and then a, a father who was not distant. I feel like most men kind of remove themselves from a, a girl's teenage years, if you will. Yeah, and then they just become this like overprotective person who's like a parody of a man. <laughs> and then they're like not in that. Like I remember one time I was like, I need tampons. I'm bleeding all over the couch, and my dad was like, We gotta. <laughs> Tampons, and my sister was like, "Well, go get them." And he's like, "I can't get them." I was like, "But you could." So it was just like very. Well, just... we're not taught, and it doesn't seem like culture has been interested mm-hmm. in teaching men to express ourselves yeah. in any other way besides like some sort of like toughness uh-huh. or machismo. Ooh. We are constantly we're are all of our faculties are engaged in doing the performance of manliness, mm-hmm. the performance of masculinity, that there's no room yeah. for any other information or ways to deal with things. Yeah. I remember I would be like, I love you, Tati. And he'd go, okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Literally, man. Uh-huh. That's a man right there. Although I knew when I like made him laugh, like there was some mm. love there. Yeah. My favorite thing to do was That's probably why you're a comedian. Hey. Maybe. No, that's exactly why you're comedian. <laughs> because the way I found affection from my family was through laughter. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I mean yeah, my grandmother, anytime I made her laugh, she would go, oh, you tickle me. And she also never said I love you. So I was like, Woo! so when you... Now, where's your family from again? Chicago. Okay, Midwest. From Barbados. Ooh, okay, island so, to Midwest. They be from the island, and they don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for At giving all. us an example of what's not happening. Yes, uh, they, theirs is, let's see, what does my granny sound like? She, oh, Nicole. Oh, you tickle me. Oh, she it's has a little a, accent. A l- slight accent. Mm. Very, very what, what, slight. What, what, Barbados, you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's like Rihanna or Rihanna, since we say it wrong, light. <laughs> yes, I get that. Um, okay, interesting. So then, I, I mean, I have a similar-ish kind of thing, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, it's almost kind of sometimes a black thing, I guess you could say, where mm-hmm. it's sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, we're always already talking about how therapy wasn't an option, mm-hmm. if you will. It took me a long time to get over whatever racial baggage I had about therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to just say, like, what, the thing for white people? Yeah. But I'm like, not well, white. But white people's getting help. We could get help, too. Exactly. So everybody everybody who's been through some sort of trauma needs therapy. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until actually an old Richard Pryor joke where he oh. actually said said something about, like, we, black people, need therapy uh-huh. after all the shit we've been through. And I was like, what? Richard Pryor said it. I guess I could go now. I guess I could go now. I mean, I, yeah. It is wild that it takes sometimes um, just, like, a person who's a public figure who you look up to to be like, I got help and so can you. Basically, basically. Because you need to see, that's that's what representation is, right? Mm-hmm. If you see someone that looks like you doing it, and you're yes, like, oh, you're it's like, not oh, weird I if I do it. I I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started taking ADD medication. I told my uncle and oh. he was like, you don't need that. And I was like, oh, well, it's been accidentally helpful to my life and my career. It makes stand-up easier because before I couldn't do my set without having my list next to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's a crutch. But it wasn't a crutch. I would get lost 30 minutes in. Oh, interesting. And I'd be like, I don't know if I did this already. Hmm. So I would spend shows sometimes going, did I say this? And I'd be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, okay. So it just seemed like I was loopy or unprepared. So then I started taking my medicine and was like, oh, I don't, I've done this act a hundred times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I 
I know what's happening. I know, okay, I haven't done the Lane Bryant joke. Okay, so let's do that here. Okay, you didn't do your kids. Oh, we can put it, it makes sense here. I can think on my feet mm -hmm. way more. And I didn't need it for acting specifically because I was, acting is responding. Mm -hmm. It's listening and response. Being in the moment. It's being in the moment. So I, it's hard to get lost in a four page scene that you're shooting where you're responding to your scene partner because if it, if it's written well, you're, the response makes sense. Yes. So it was very confusing and when I started taking it, I was like, maybe I won't take it for shows. Because like I want to be like wild, Nicole. You know, like on like in the moment. But then I was like, oh no, I am still in the moment. It just really helps me focus. Mm. And I try to talk about taking medication more because I feel like people are like, it changes who you are. And I was like, no, it doesn't. It just it honestly just focuses me just a little bit more. Yeah, that's interesting. I think everything changes who you are. Okay. You could take no medication. You know, be in a car accident, and yeah. that's going to change who you are. Mm -hmm. You could take no medication and get slapped by someone you loved when you were a child, and that's going to change who mm -hmm. you are. So it's everything is if we if we're pinballs, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so everything's going to change spanked our direction. As a child? Oh yeah, I just by read old this black thing. Southern Baptists. Yeah, I was who made me go too. get a switch off the damn tree. Oh, I got beat by rulers. I never got time to choose. Oh. My mother was always so angry with me. I'm older than you. Um, so they got me. I, they say get a switch. Do you know what a switch is? A Nicole? switch is a, a little thing. It is a pe a, branch a branch from a tree, yeah. and you have to be strategic. And again, Richard Pryor you, has a beautiful yeah, joke about this. Pick the small one because they'll be like, "Nuh-uh, go mm -hmm. get a different one." Yes, but you exactly. You can't get the big, the big one because it's, like, gonna, it's hurt. gonna hurt. So you gotta find like that middle one. Yes, that exactly. Like, That's acceptable. I read this tweet that this woman was like spanking your kids and then hugging them and saying you love them after is an abusive behavior. Mm. And I was like, "Holy shit, it is." Because that's like, if you're in an abusive relationship, your partner will hit you or whatever and then be like, I'm sorry, I love you. Yeah. And then it happens over and over again. And then my therapist was like, why do you think black people spank their kids? Because I do think it is more prevalent in black culture to mm -hmm. spank. And I was like, I don't know. She was like, slavery. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Intergenerational yes. trauma. And that's how we saw our people being held in line. And we just transferred that to our kids. It's. Did you ever get we a chance so to read um, Between the World and Me, that ta Coates book? No. This is exactly what the whole book is about. Mm -hmm. It's about being a man from Baltimore who was taught this hardness, if you will. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult with his own child, he doesn't want to pass that hardness to his child. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like an analysis of why he has this hardness through the history of his own parents and himself and just the times in his life where he has been shown true love mm -hmm. and compassion. And those are the examples that he's trying to integrate into his life to pass on to his son mm -hmm. of how to be and how to treat people. Man, being a good person is so much fucking work. Well, because this world doesn't want us to be. It really doesn't. And it's kind of wild. I feel like every day there's something new and crazy happening. And it's like, what? Why and that's the culture we're in. We're in a culture of fear. Yeah. And anger, yeah. regardless of if it's justified or not. Mm -hmm. It's just we're sitting in this juice and it's a nasty it's juice. Stanky juice. Stank juice, which my favorite Bootsy Collins song. That's my favorite Bootsy Collins. Stank uh, juice. No. Be not a Bootsy Collins fan. Got you. No, I don't know who Bootsy Collins is. Right. But Baron, we've come to the end. Yeah. And I keep forgetting to ask my guests. Yeah. <laughs> but Baron. What? Would you date me? Why won't you date me? <laughs> uh, I won't date you because I am not single. Ah, good answer. But if I but if I was single, that's a different question. Ah, mm -hmm. yeah. If you were single, would you date me? I'm not going to answer that. It's crazy. That is crazy, <laughs> and I respect that answer. Baron, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh goodness, um, no. Just <laughs> Just look look me up somewhere. Okay, Baron I'll, has I'm a out show there. called New Negroes with Open Mic. Yes, New open, Negroes. We open Eagle Mike. Open Mike Eagle. Open, fuck me. That's fine. Open Eagle. Open Mike Eagle, and open. I have a show. <laughs> open Mike Eagle. Open Mike Eagle. And we just had Nicole Byer on the show at yes. Life Is Beautiful in Las Vegas. I just call him Mike. That's fine, but he's Open Mike Eagle. If you want to Google him. Yes. 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 
uh, has a new album out Their as well. The show is great. Yes, and it's um, we are moving fun. to the Virgil. You are starting in January, so we're the nice, fourth nice, nice. fourth Sunday of every month at the Virgil. New Negroes. It will also be on Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. Yes. Do you have an air date yet? No. I, I some point in 2019. Stay okay. tuned. That's the next year. We only have one month left of this one. Yeah. And then a new one's gonna happen. Yeah. And that's when the new Negroes are gonna happen. That's right. Barron's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. The Gauntlet is on Netflix right now. And he's honestly one of the funniest people. You should follow him along. Uh, also, if you write something nasty to me um, in uh, like on iTunes or you can slide into my little DMs, I will read the nasty little uh Things that you send to me. Nasty, nasty how? Like if you review my podcast and you say something dirty. Ooh. Like you hit on me in a dirty way. Damn. Um. Okay, this man. Can I give you some background music while you read yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that big butt on you. You're a gift and a treasure. I'll fill you up with pre-cum and Oreos and eat you out like a trough of cookies and cream slop anytime. Is this how people be nasty? <laughs> so if you That's insane. Right? <laughs> I will did he say I will fill you up with pre-cum? Oh yeah. And how can then you do Oreos. That? I don't know. I guess you're just pre-cum like, is the thing before the cum. Yeah, I guess it's not maybe a lot. You're edging? So you're just like milking and edging no, and I have milking kept. and edging and milking and edging. <laughs> Welcome back to milking and edging. I'm edging. <laughs> Thank you for joining my podcast, Barrett. Bye-bye. has been a Team Coco production. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.